Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions. Supply. Oh no, is it everywhere? No, sure. Stay and sort that out. We can have dinner another time. Amazing. Whether it's cancelled plans... Ah, get in the kitchen and calm down. ...or the need for a quick, convenient distraction. Introducing Goodfellas Mini Pizzas. Four mini pizzas made with respect that cook in 11 minutes. Goodfellas Minis. Embrace the unexpected. Welcome everyone, hello, it's the Blood and Mud podcast, the Hi. podcast that had a little tiny baby baboon on the bonnet of his car yesterday. I saw that, he seemed very excited. Oh, I tell you what, I tapped on the window with an empty packet of mints, you know, like a tin of mints that you get for yeah, breakfast. Yeah. I tapped on the window, the mother looked up, jumped on me bonnet with a little tiny baby on her back, oh, picked up what stuff. she thought was a bit of bread off me, off the windscreen, it wasn't, it was a rock, she was... I thought she was going to put it through the window. She's well naffed off. Like, I came all the way up here for this. Fuck you. <laughs> yeah, and then the um, and then a the little baby got off her back, and and my daughter was like having kittens because she was so pleased. She's seventeen years old. She's not seven. I mean, you know what I mean? I mean, still, it's delightful. Yeah, it was genuinely delightful. Nosey Safari Park of a Sunday evening. Who'd have thought, eh? Fantastic stuff. There was one car in front of us that was blitz blatantly ignoring the rules and was just chucking carrots out of its window. So one, it was one, lowering the windows, which you're not supposed to do, and two, feeding the baboons, which you're not supposed to do. But then, I suppose, you'd sort of reap the unintentional benefits of that. By having lots of baboons knocking around my car, yeah. Yeah, and also you're just going, well, you know, those people had fucking shit, those carrots, so maybe these people will, (laughs) oh no, they just got rocks. They weren't war baboons. I must. I must make no, that point. Sad. It wasn't co- no Corporal Jackie in sight. I'm afraid. <laughs> uh, but yeah, and uh, yeah, and the thing is, what was, what you did, see? These rangers are not stupid though, because when they realise there were eight baboons all around this one Vauxhall Astra, mm. then the ranger comes out in his jeep because he's you know this is not his first rodeo. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, funny enough, I can spot baboon behaviour. He says, yeah. "You don't have to be David Attenborough <laughs> to know what's going on here." Yeah, I mean, it's not the most, uh, in terms of, you know, 
the perfect crime. It's not exactly. <laughs> They're all sat there with carrots. There, <laughs> Eight of them sat on one voxel. Where have you got the carrots from, lads? <laughs> Excuse me, sir. Did you give the Tesco's. carrots to the baboons? <laughs> but one of them, and they are amazing, though. One of them was just like hanging off somebody's window and looking directly in through the window. And you're like, what's he doing? What's he seen? Or does he know him? He said, ow, ow, Tomo, not seen him for ages. You're all right, sort of thing. But no, yeah. Baboons, yeah. man. That was something about, there's something about the primate. It's. Uh... It is really weird because when I tapped on the window, the mother looked, they look you dead in the eye. Yeah. And there is a strange, you know, there is a humanity to them because they are our relations, aren't they? I know. It's pretty fucked up, isn't it? Indeed. Anyway, enough of that. I'm Lee. Hello. Hi. Over there is. I'm Josh, the well trained monkey. The well trained (laughs) monkey, yeah. (laughs) Um, And, well, that's all I've got to say on that. What have you been up to? Do you have any primates on your car this weekend or any other animals? Um, What did I do this weekend? No, no primates. No, not at all. I'll tell you what I did. What? I cleaned out the, I cleared out the garage. Again? You yeah. You did this last year when you got your, your high-value yeah. running machine. Low-value, high-discount, low-value. High-discount, low-value, indeed. Um, yeah, but the thing is, a year's passed now. And it's amazing how it creeps back in there, isn't it? But also, it's, ama- it's amazing that it's like when we moved in, how many half full boxes that I, in just frustration, just put on a shelf with another half full box? And so, absolutely apropos of no reason whatsoever, I was like, right, I'm going to clear this shit out. And I ended up with like a car full to the tip on Sunday. Good man, that's a satisfactory day, that is. It was, it's very satisfying. I've probably got room now to squeeze another high, high discount. High, high discount, high quality exercise machine in there if I'm lucky. I've got. A, I'll never I've, have to go back to the gym again. I've got a garage with a pitch roof. I've probably told you this before. Mm. And we had boxes loaded of floor when we moved in. And I thought I'd said enough is enough. And I built myself a mezzanine floor. I must have told oh, you this. You did, yeah. So anyway, I put all the boxes up there. And now there's just so many boxes of shit up there. It's it's it's, it's the worst thing you can do because <laughs> when they're out of the way, you just keep adding to it. When they're in your way, you have to address them. Yeah, that's what I did with last because last year when I did the great garage clear out, it was when tips were still closed, and so a lot of what I did was that I just I've also got pitched garage roof, and I mainly just put things in boxes and then balanced them. Did you put the box the on the front saying everything's ten quid in this box? <laughs> I mean, and we tried. We did that when we moved in. Yeah, we sort of <laughs> ran a kind of ran out of steam with that. But yeah, <laughs> I just I just put a load of shit that I would have taken to the dump into the sort of and balanced it on the the slats of the roof and it's still up there I can't be asked. how is this for like kids drawing so when they're in nursery and stuff I know you're supposed to love them but there is a point where she was like shall we just put it in a skip now because yeah. when we die <laughs> the kids are going to come in here and just do that yeah they, they'll show it to their partner and go ah, look at this and then straight well, hoping, it, you know, straight into the recycling when I die my kids will be 70 yeah you know or 170 yeah so uh, yeah and to be honest, hmm. we had a load of boxes on the floor and then the, the back layer of boxes at the bottom against the wall, I mean, 70% of what was in them was ruined, just damp. Mm. Yeah, so that's I just, the other thing, I just skipped a lot. Didn't <sighs> didn't tell the wife. So satisfying. Didn't tell the so wife. So satisfying. Because otherwise she'd have been trying to rescue them for weeks. Mm. It would have been a torturous process. And, therefore, so. and then you're in a situation where you just go, yeah, it's just... It's gone. Don't know where it's, it's gone, gone. now, and you can't remember what's gone or what it is. No matter. <laughs> anyway, 
have you been clearing your garage out or any other tips on yeah. uh, mezzanine you, floors I, or anything? I'll tell you what I've got to do next weekend. What's right? that? Is, you know, you, you see my driveway. It's a standard sort of uh, block it's paved. It's one car size block paved. Quite yeah. a gradient though. Quite a gradient on it. But I tell you what, it's, it's you know, it's quite old now. And the fucking weeds, man. The Coming up in between the block, the in block between paving. the in between the block paving, it's like a. Honestly, every year I have to do it twice, and it takes me a, a full day. Hang on, do you get... actually weed, or do you actually just spray them with something? Well, thing I don't want to spray them with something because I've got a cat, and I don't want the cat to go yeah, near yeah, the fertilizer thing. Just keeping it, keep them in for a day. That'll be just keep them overnight. Do it if it Genuinely, keep it genuinely. If anyone's got any solutions as to how I can stop this shit coming up in a vaguely non-pesticide-y way, that would be amazing. I know a guy who does listen. He's a, guard, he's a proper gardener. Like, I'm back a proper gardener. Oh, you know what I mean? T- tell me your wisdom. But I've, I bought, I've bought one of them backpacks oh, with a the gun. sprayer backpacks. That I fill with weed killer and give it the treatment. <laughs> Fuck I mean, the cat. If he's stupid enough to eat it, then it's his problem. That is some next-level shit. Um, 20 quid off Amazon. They're not expensive. Like and and you feel a bit like a ghostbuster. I was going to say, that is, that is a big encouragement for me. So you can get you can get an all in what you can get a what I mean you know that's if men are allowed to be ghostbusters now Josh do you know what I mean in this new Probably world where only women yeah. apparently can be <laughs> ghostbusters and that apparently so Captain Marvel that's a woman now fellas get shot now for doing stuff like that probably, <laughs> probably. God I hate myself even though I'm joking um, <laughs> you know what I mean imagine there's people who actually talk like that and don't despise themselves or maybe they do despise themselves and that's why they do it I don't know I think it probably is. Uh, speaking of despising ourselves, uh, I must make a point that this pod is being recorded while Lee, RLFC, are playing against the pie-eating shitbags of Wigan. Live. What happened? What, what is, all of a sudden, Monday Night Rugby? Well, because they're allowed in, aren't they? So they've delayed this entire round of fixtures in the Super League so they can have crowds. But they were allowed in on Saturday, weren't they, for the FA Cup final? So... I think that was a special dispensation from the Pope. Right, for the okay. FA. Because, so, yes, yeah, Saracens are currently battering Amptil. Amptil, I never know how to pronounce it. We're, Newcastle seem to be playing an incredibly boring game against Saints that's 3 all, uh, And Bristol are somehow not 30 points up against Gloucester, despite Gloucester being down to 13 men at one point. They've crossed the try line at least five times and had them all disallowed bar one. Lee were 10-0 up after 20 mm-hmm. minutes. It's half-time now. It's 16-all. In Lee versus Wigan in the Rugby League. I know it's not why you tune in, everyone, but let me predict this right now. If the second half goes the way every other second half has gone for Lee this year, in which we've won not one game in any competition, by the way, (laughs) we are going to lose, I predict, about 42-18. So we'll come back and revisit that. Yeah, we'll come to see that. It's currently 13-7 to uh, Bristol against Gloucester. Gloucester have had a red card after 13 minutes. They just scored from Santiago Carreras. Um, So I reckon that Bristol are going to make really heavy work of that for at least the next 20 minutes and then suddenly score a shitload of tries. We'll see. We'll see that later. So if you Mm. want to get in touch with us, with with obviously... How to kill block paving weeds? Oh please, just I just I don't want to do it anymore. I'm sick of it. All right, just I can't bear it. Speaking I've of, drives, li- I've got a little knife thing that I have to go in between the paving and fucking yeet the bastards out. Yeah. Ugh, honestly, it's misery. So, um, and why is it right? You can't 
you talk about planting stuff, and you have to you mm. read all these rules that don't put it in that, do that, do this, and a fucking weed can grow honestly in half a millimeter with yeah. no soil in it. Yeah, in a bit in a bit of sand in between some <laughs> fucking pa- you know paving blocks. What's that place? It is a disgrace. Uh, if you want to get in touch with us, I'm uh, at Blood and Mud on Twitter you or are. Lee at bloodandmud.com. And what about you, Josh? Uh, at Josh Gardner and at Rugby Show. No, at uh, Rock underscore Mag. Oh, come on, mate. It's like Cardiff Blues, man. It's a brand it? that just won't quit. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> and I am going to keep you all in Cardiff Blues. So, you know, maybe well, this is my penance. You know, I was doing curbs for me drive and all that. Yes. Well, now the date's been fixed. I'm having 20 tonnes of gravel delivered. And my dad has, has facilitated a sit-on roller, a oh. little mini steamroller. Oh, that's just I'll tell you dream. what, it's unbelievable really amounts of fun. So we'll see what happens there. So anyway, we're on Acast, we're on Apple and other podcast providers. We're on patreon.com slash blood and mud, uh, where you can come along and join, get access to the private Facebook group if you're a Patreon. Nearly 400 people in there now, would you, Adam Fuck and Eve? me, sideways. Yeah. Fair play to you all. Well, you can ask them now in the private group, see if they will do that to you. But I don't think they will. <laughs> but the, uh, so, and it's two quid a month, and you get all extra stuff on the Facebook group, and, and you get ad-free uh, episodes. And not just that, you get extra stuff in your episodes, because we yeah, chop a bit out do. now, so your patrons get all the episodes. Non-patrons don't, as we know. It's two quid or 20 quid for the year, or five quid and 50 quid for the year if you want to come into the VIP lounge where you will have a go, or we will have a go, we did a player bio for you, and this week we've been storing them up for a couple of weeks, so strap yourselves in, because there's a few, but we'll get through them as quick as we can, alternating as we do. First of mm-hmm. all, Josh, in the VIP lounge, thank you very much, I'm going to say, to James Adamson, who's not only in the VIP lounge, he's paying above cover charge. Oof. Just because Real he can't, just because he wants to, because he's a lovely man. People. Um, anyway, James Adamson, inside centre James, was renowned as the best tackler in his club. Mm-hmm. However, since the new head contact la- laws came in, he's now the worst tackler in his club and a complete <laughs> liability. Look, you know, you live by the sword, you die by the sword. Who have you got, Josh? Uh, first up for me is uh, Fraser Manson, uh, Charlie, as he's known to his club mates <laughs> at Helter Skelter RFC. Uh channels his notorious namesake by writing some absolutely god-awful poetry on the bus on the way to games. But um, he's an absolute lunatic, so nobody's brave enough to tell him that to his face. So they just let him just get on with it. Thank you, Fraser. Next up we, in the VIP lounge, we've got Paul Millam. Thank you, Paul. Paul Millie Millam had 442, 142 appearances for Australia Sevens, only three appearances for the Waratahs during that time. Mm-hmm. And he is now the lead colour commentator on Rugby Flot, the leading street rugby streaming service in the Ukraine. Doing well for look, himself. Look, you know, everybody's got to carve out a career post-rugby, haven't they? Uh, next up for me is uh, Thomas Buckingham. Uh, Thomas played wing three-quarter for Richmond City in his RFC before taking a commission in the army and travelling to Burma where he was awarded numerous gallantry medals for pacifying the locals both via musket and via rugby. Uh, he assumed that teaching the locals about football and Christianity would placate them somewhat when it was decided that their village would be levelled and turned into a tea plantation, but he thought <laughs> extremely wrong. I love the term wing forward, and I want it brought back into normal <laughs> rugby discourse. I love it when really old-school like commentators use terms like Wing three quarter and wing forward, yeah, and all uh, like John Taylor does it still when he was yeah, still being on Lisa in a rugby world cup, wasn't he? Uh, great stuff. 
Next up, we've got in the VIP lounge, Craig Manson. Ah. Twin brother of Fraser. They have not spoken for nearly three years after Craig was selected for the district team in Fraser's place, following a terrible injury that Fraser, Fraser received from Craig when a family swing ball game turned very, very nasty one bank holiday. Look, these things can happen, you know. It's, it's horrible to see sport divide people, but it can, you know. Brothers, it can, can't it? Mm. We had twin brothers in my school and they couldn't stand each other. <laughs> and people used to like speak to them like they were the weirdest people on earth. And, what do you mean you don't speak to him? No, why would I speak? No, he's a prick. <laughs> it's, like, love- it's like, stop discriminating against these guys because they look like each other. They, you know, it doesn't mean they should get on. <laughs> <laughs> I'll never forget, and I'm sure I've told this part of the story on the podcast before, but it's like I wish, when I used to get the park and ride bus into work, there would be these two lads who were obviously twins, and they would, but they'd get on the bus in the morning and they'd sit totally opposite ends of the bus from each other. Wonderful. And not like they wouldn't acknowledge each other getting on, getting off. They'd get they'd come in the same car and they'd get out and one would get on the bus and go to the back, the other one would get to the bus and go to the front and they'd just sit there on their phones, just not in any way acknowledging one another. And then they'd go get off the bus at the same not say anything to each other when they parted and just fucked off in opposite directions. And they did that every single day. And I just Think thought that's it. incredible. They'd have to share a bedroom Exactly. Dress the same. People assuming they're the same person. You would be yeah. fuming, wouldn't you? Any twins out there can back us up on this one. They just I'm sure it. loads of them get on, but like any, they, but like any other sibling, they probably some of them don't get on, do they? Just want a bit of a peace and quiet, you know? Yeah. Anyway, you're next. Oh yeah, I am. Uh, Oliver Hockey is next. Uh, Oliver was a supernaturally talented field hockey player. But so determined was he to ignore his obvious life calling because he just hated nominative determinism so much uh, that he decided to play rugby instead, uh, where he's a bang average open side flanker and miserable about it. Oliver Hockey is actually generally one of my closest friends, and that's not a million (laughs) miles away from the truth in some way. (laughs) Just hates nominative determinism. <laughs> well, <laughs> among many other things, but uh, yeah. yeah. Um, right then, finally, uh, no, not finally. Next, we've got Gordon. Sorry, everyone, it's not finally. Next, we've oh, got no. Gordon White, who again is above the minimum in the VIP level. Oof, a big spender. Gordon played a hundred times for Canada at prop, as well as two seasons at Newcastle Falcons, where he was described as functional. Yep. He's now the only development officer in the Canadian province of Nunavut. Area, 725,000 square miles, population 39,000 souls, and it's mostly covered in ice. However, (laughs) Gordon has said there's still more chance of a pro regional team there than in North Wales. Hard agree, hard agree. Uh, Speaking of Wales, next up is uh, Garen Lewis. Uh, Garen's the club joker at Tyler's Toy Town RFC. Uh, He thinks he's like the Andy Powell of the Southwest Valleys, right? Uh, and he's absolutely correct about that. He is, but not for the reasons that he thinks he is. <laughs> the Southwest Valleys. I love the specific <laughs> geographical valley locations in Wales. Uh, next up, we've got Dara. It's the only name we were given when they wow. signed up. Oh, so he's like a one name, like Madonna. Well, outside half of West, West Town West's RFC in Galway, mm-hmm. he fancies himself as a flamboyant type to such an extent that he's given himself one name. 
Oh. To, in his words, be like one of them Brazilian footballers. Lovely stuff. However, yeah. he literally can't even do a sidestep. Gotta say. You love it. You love to see those people, don't you? And finally. Finally, Sean Troy, the thinking man's prop, but actually, he studied classics at Oxford, right? Uh, his party trick, right, is to pop his unusually long ball bag out of the leg of his shorts, <laughs> right? And then he goes up to someone and goes, Oi, oi, and points to it. What's this? And points to his dangling ball bag. And when they look at him with a mixture of confusion and disgust, he goes, It's the sack of Troy. Uh, and he finds this hilarious. <laughs> Nobody else knows what he's on about. Sean Troy, he, he upped his... Sean actually upped his contribution to the VIP Just to get that. For that. <laughs> I'd like to say we apologise, Sean, but you knew what you were getting yourself into. Sean, so I've got you beware, a, do you know what I mean? I've got you a new uh, party trick, so, you know. A sack of enjoy. Anyway, that's the end of that. Thank you to everyone yeah. over the past few weeks who've come as a VIP lounge. If you want that kind of treatment, and why wouldn't you? Let's be honest. You can go up to bloodandmud.com. No, you can't. Patreon.com slash bloodandmud. Come up to the window. Get up to the turnstile. Pay your money. Clickety-clackety through. You get shown to the special area, and you'll you know enjoy yourself. Indeed. We begin as we always begin with a player spotted. We do. Callum Forsyth gets in touch on the email. He says, I've got a quick player spotted for you from Glasgow. I was walking to the local Morrisons in Partick and after crossing the road, I spotted a familiar face walking towards me. Passing me on the pavement was one other, none other, than former Scotland and Saracens back rower and member of Scotland's infamous Killer Bees, Mr. Kelly Brown. In each hand he was pulling... They really were not that killer. By the way, Brown, Beatty, and oh no, but was it Barkley? Barkley, Barkley, yeah. Brown, and Beatty. Yeah, yeah. Uh, in each hand, he was pulling along one of his daughters, nice, both of whom were wearing roller skates and looking for all the world like he was an incredibly hard work sled dog. <laughs> Final point from Callum: his eyebrows are even more impressive in person. I mean, I can only imagine. He's got the serious Groucho marks on, hasn't he? Must be the only he guy who can go, to, go as Groucho to a party and not have to paint anything on. Yeah, absolutely. I keep seeing like things where people ask you to identify, like weirdly, loads hmm. of things where people are asking you to identify the correct Marx brother, and I never get it right, even I though know, I know. Where are you getting this? What do you mean? Where are you seeing this? What do you mean you keep Just, seeing people asking you to identify the correct Marx brother? On like quizzes dreams, and stuff. Hallucinations? Yeah. Like on quizzes and stuff on I mean, telly. Recently. Groucho. Yeah, I know Groucho, but and it's Harpo. curly. And, yeah, but like it, it all gets a little bit more difficult then, doesn't it? Yeah. Exactly. This, this, See, I'm trying to remember them all now. There's Groucho, Harpo with a curly head and speak. Yeah. Zeppo, who's so, not in it much. Yeah. There's. Who's the one with the hat who plays piano? Can't remember his I name. I mean, I'm, I'm Googling it now. <laughs> Chico, Harpo, Chico. Groucho, Gummo, and Zeppo. There you go. Yeah, Zeppo's only ever in a film for about two seconds at the beginning. Yeah. It's However, like, they are the ones I know, I know, but the ones I don't know, I really don't know. Chico has that way of playing piano where he, he like points to one finger to play notes, and the it's just <laughs> hilarious. Yeah. Anyway, the Gra- Marx Brothers. What's your favorite yes. Groucho Marx line? Oh, 
Okay. I've had a wonderful evening, but this, unfortunately, this wasn't it. That's a great one. <laughs> that's, that's a great one. I've had plenty of evenings like that. <laughs> um, is it news time now? Probably uh, is, isn't it? It is news time. That is correct, yeah. that it is news time. Hit me. Uh, Kyle Eastman's retired. At 31, which, yeah. How much yeah, have you forgotten he'd gone to Leeds Rugby League? Absolutely. Uh, I'll be honest with you, when he said, I'd like to thank you, say thank you so much to Kevin Sinfield, Leeds Rhinos and all the fans, I genuinely had to go and check that Kevin Sinfield was like involved in Leeds and he wasn't just thanking Kevin Sinfield because that's what you do when you're at Leeds. To be honest, most people in rugby league just, just thank, thank Kevin, Kevin, Kevin Sinfield <laughs> just for his just mere thank, existence. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Just Do you just, is that just part of rugby league, you know, when I'd you like retire? To, I just, thank, just thank Kevin Sinfield for existing. I'd like to thank Kevin Sinfield and the Lord our God for creating Kevin Sinfield. <laughs> Uh, yeah, he said, I've come to realise the passion to influence the game is no longer on the field. Is this love and respect for the game that leads me to this decision? Basically, he can't be asked anymore, which I've fair fucks. time for that. Yeah, me you too. Think, you know, and also is the fact, well, I don't fancy having my head knocked off by somebody. Do you know <laughs> yeah, what I mean? Exactly. And, and, and having to deal with all this, all this, this stuff I'm reading about. And, you know, everything becomes a routine, doesn't it? I mean, training must be... I mean, I play, when I played amateur rugby, I couldn't be arse training on a Tuesday and Thursday. Imagine doing it every fucking day, all the time. And how many drill, how many fucking Queensland grids can you run before you're like, I'm not fucking doing this no more. It's fucking boring. wonder what he's going to do. Yeah, though. exactly. That's why I have, like, absolute time for, you know, CJ Stander just basically being at training one morning and going, I just... Can't fucking be bothered with this anymore. Like I have ultimate respect for that because he's thirty-one going... as well, isn't he, CJ? Yeah, but it's about and getting us like... out of thirty, and then going. You know what? I Fuck me, I'm bored. Be fucking bothered with this. Yeah, I've been doing this for ages. So yeah, off he goes. Uh, it is a shock retirement. Speaking, of, it is. I, th- I think he probably deserved more England caps than he had. Well, he had that terrible. Who was it who pulled him off after 20 minutes? It's probably Eddie Jones, wasn't it? No, it wasn't. It was, <laughs> I've got a feeling um, it might have been Shoe Lancaster, you know, or was it Andy Robinson? I think it was. He, remember, because he scored, he played um, in that tour to New Zealand was the last time he regularly played. Well, he got he started, he got and 20 he played minutes. Well. He got hooked after 20 minutes, or hooked at half-time, I can't remember what it is. No, Henry Paul was hooked after 20 minutes by Andy Robinson. That's why I'm getting mixed up. Mm. Henry Paul started an England game and got hooked after 28 minutes, I think, for reasons <laughs> nobody could quite understand. I mean, as a coach, that's the worst thing in the world. It's like, one, you, one nobody knows why you're doing it, and it also suggests that you're fucked up to start with. It's a really weird thing. But yeah, Eastman got hooked off at half-time, and I think it was against New Zealand because the defensive system wasn't working properly. I think it was Andy Farrell who sort of said, need to get him off because this is not working with him there, which I think, again, is a real constrict, really. Yeah, Elizabeth. Yeah, so he, yeah, he, because he was a really, I remember watching him play in league and he was really, really good and thinking, fuck me, he's going to be good. Scrum half in league, of course. Yeah, of course. But he had the, um, I do think generally, it's a, I know you should, you know, it's brave to make big decisions and make you wrong, but I do think you've got to give a player a chance to at least settle into a game and a run of a couple of games to see whether they're really up for it. It's yeah, like, you know, England cricket in the nineties just picked a batsman. He had, he didn't do well in his first game, and they dropped him again. It's like, well, what do you fucking expect him to do? He needs to kind of settle in a bit. Do you know what I mean? It's kind of, yeah, and you know, he was small. Let's not, you know, 
He and was, it was that time, wasn't it? It was the big yeah. send because he was playing twelve. He was a little bit. It was seen as just a risk in the first place for having somebody like him playing at yeah. twelve. Really, six caps for England. I'm sure One that was try. his last cap. Probably was the last time I remember him playing for England was on that tour of New Zealand where they nearly won again in one of the games. But uh, yeah, you know, it's, it's ten years in Union, and he didn't have, you know, he left at 21. He left at, you know, the right time. Yeah, yeah. He started three tests against the All Blacks in 2014, and then a final cap against South Africa in the autumn, which presumably was when he got pulled. I think he and probably then, was. Or was it the New Zealand? Oh, I'm, 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 I'm grasping now. But uh, but yeah, you know, and then he was, you know, part of that team with George Ford and everyone's least favourite rugby league convert prick um, that got to the Premiership final in 2015. You know, of course he, he was, yeah. He was, you know, a, a very good player no, in, he, on his day. But he just never really got a... A shout at showing what he could do at test level, I think, which is a shame because he's such a talented player, so gifted. No, he played the full game his last game, that autumn game against South Africa. Yeah. Looking at it, uh, yeah. So it must have been one of those New Zealand games he was hawked off for. Ultimately, autumn internationals, a lot of weird stuff happens in those. So yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, a shame. I think that he we never really got to see the full. You know, there was that dreadful post-Burgess season at Bath and then he went to Wasps and he was injured a lot. Mm. Uh, and then he was at Leicester and again was injured a lot. And yeah, you know, it's... Yeah, there'll always be a bit of a what-if with him, I think. He could have been a really, really good player Yeah, in Union and I don't think nice he ever really had the chance. Yeah, he always was. Really classy. Um. But yeah. a five foot a five foot seven, fourteen stone, inside or outside centre in rugby union is always going to be a big ask. I, I don't know why they didn't just go hard and try to make him a scrum half. To be honest, he was yeah. young, he was young enough. He was twenty one. You know, I think he could have done something mm. or a winger. You know, an undersized yeah, Shane esque yeah, winger. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. Anyway, so speaking of retirements, uh, Kieran mm. Reed's finally been announced. Today. Kieran Reed's gone. Finally. Yes, has he retired now? That was his last game. Uh, yeah, I think that was his last game. You know, I do like. Did you see the picture they had of him? Yeah, the, the, the official All Blacks one. It was like a really zoomed in on his face, like it looked like it the cover so of a serial killer documentary. <laughs> Which all, all accentuates his sort of the the essence of Tony Blair that I've been going on about for because it had numbers. It sort of like said under however many All Black caps. However yeah. many World Cup wins, World Cup game, like 45, 127 whatever All Black Caps, 45 World Cup wins, 13 women murdered, two still presumed missing, <laughs> look like it should have said underneath. Please call this number if you've seen him. Yeah, they sort of put a really, really heavy, like, black and white filter on it and then sort of faded half of his head into the background, which yeah. made him look like, yeah, it it made like him he was- literally look about 20 years older than he actually was. And also made him look even more of a psychopath than he like was. Like he was looming out, looming over you in a bus shelter. I know, it's terrifying stuff. But yeah, let's be honest: best number eight in the world. Ridiculous <laughs> At one player. point. Absolutely ridiculous good. player, like a fucking T Rex, <laughs> fueled by when, fucking 
rocket in fuel. that sort of like post twenty fifth. You remember when the All Blacks went on that run where they just won everything? And they won whatever it was, 23 straight or whatever it was before they lost to Ireland. Yeah. He was just unbelievably good. That Zinzan Brook thing, isn't it, of ridiculous rugby player and just so fucking hard yeah. with it, you know. I mean, I know all international forwards are hard, but there's there's another level that comes in with certain players, isn't there? Yeah, and that's the thing that he was... He never really took a backward step as an All Blacks player. And yet, he just, he was so classy as an eight, you know? Like, when he get, when he, before he sort of got on a little bit, because like the last couple of years of his international career, you know, he was a, a waning force, you know? He was still an effective player, but in He's his sort of... He's too good not to be, wasn't he? Yeah, but in his sort of late 20s pomp... Fuck me. When you get the ball in the wide channels and just fucking kick the jets on and you'd be like, Jesus Christ, how is a man that big fucking moving like that? And yeah, one of the best of all time, I think. Certainly one of the best I've seen playing that position. More news, more news. You got any more? Indeed. Oh yeah, loads. Uh, Ex-Chiefs have uh, signed... Thomas Francis's replacement, Josh uh, Yusufia Scott from Waikato. He's six foot four, hundred and thirty-five kgs, so that fits in perfectly with the filling the Thomas Francis void and, and appalling hair. And appalling hair, exactly. So it fits right in. Absolutely. Don't know whether he had the hair before, you know, whether he just got the haircut as a sort of means of like a sort of come and get me plea, you know. <laughs> yes. <laughs> He's get posting selfies, tagging them in. For six yeah. months. <laughs> and eventually, this guy looks like our fucking yeah. guy already. Gareth Anscombe's kicking again. He is. That's lovely to see. Speaking of Wales, uh, Scarlets are having a right old clear out. <laughs> yeah, they fucked a lot of people off, haven't they? Glenn Delaney's uh, gone and so's fucking half his squad, basically. Yeah, half the squad's basically gone back to Australia. Is the. Because uh, obviously, Jake Ball's gone. Um. But also, Who's Paul Asquith, Werner Kruger, Paul Asquith. Werner Kruger's retired. Paul Asquith's gone back to Australia. Somebody, I think one of the props has gone back to Australia as well. Uzziah Cassiem's gone. Yes, who was really, really good for one season. Yes, and then has sort of been okay ever since. Dylan Evans is going. Yep. He's been at Glasgow for a while anyway. Ed Kennedy's going. Tom Phillips, Jack Morgan, Jack Morgan. Yeah. Hello, Jack Morgan's coming to us along with the... Uh, Scarlet's just love letting promising young lads go to the Ospreys, don't they? I mean, it's a tactic. Absolutely. It's, a, it's definitely a tactic. Keep it going, keep it going. I mean, they've signed the uh, that Argentinian back row as well, haven't they? They've... Uh, I can't yes. remember what his name is. Neither can I. Thomas Lozano. Yes. So, you know, he fits. He certainly fills one of the voids. I'm not sure if uh, all of the. Yeah, you know, they've lost a, a lot of okay players <laughs> and some some not brilliant players. They've lost a lot of squad players, and it sort of makes you think that they're either going to do a big old shopping spree in the summer or they've got a lot of uh, faith in in their academy, which, you know, has been very good this season, so... 
Any more news? Uh, yeah, big news from uh, from France. Uh, the French Rugby Federation says that it will allow transgender women to play women's rugby as of next season, uh, going against the recommendations of with World the Rugby. With the twelve months suppression and yeah, with all of the below yeah. the, yeah. the measurement, I don't understand, but yeah. They've concluded that safety and fairness cannot presently be assured for women competing against trans women in contact rugby. However, allowing national federations to implement grassroots policies was the whole world rugby thing. And France said, uh, yeah, as you say, they must have satisfied various things that are... But, you know, it said rugby is an inclusive sharing sport without distinction of sex, gender, origin or religion. The FFR is against all forms of discrimination and works daily to ensure that everyone can exercise their free will in rugby without constraint. Uh, yeah, so they're the first national federation to ignore what World Rugby has said, basically. Although I think it has, I thought USA Rugby had done something. I like think that. they have, yeah. yeah. And, um, well, there are a few have sort of said it, haven't they? They've said that they've said they're gonna, they don't really want, they're not gonna stick to what they've said either. I think. Haven't the RFU? I thought the RFU had come out and said that they were gonna. All right, maybe I'll transgender. Yeah, it's it's sort of oh, they that's the thing they were proposing uh, risk assessments, weren't they? Right for for trans for transgender women to play rugby, which was uh, yeah not great, um, but yeah you know it's it's a, a very positive step and a very progressive step from mm. the FFR. We're not always the most progressive and positive union, so fair play to them. Yeah, so we'll see how how that all pans out. <clears throat> I've stayed off Twitter today. I didn't really want to look at the kind of shit that would have been going down as a result of it. So, I think it's a very healthy way to approach things. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously, I'm just not engaged in the discussion. Just say what I reckon, and I think that's a yep. good idea. And that's the end of the discussion. So, Indeed. Uh, right then, any more news? Uh, no, I think that's all the news, isn't it? There's plenty of other news, but you don't, there is. You don't really, you really want to talk about the news. Got a bit of correspondence, Josh. Oh, hello. Correspondence. Love to hear it. Uh, lovely patron David Williams messages. This is following our anteater chat last week. Oh, right. Big moly yes. anteater. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. And the reason why I'm reading this out, right? One, because, you know, we love talking shit, let's be honest. Mm. However, uh, because David is a zoologist. Oh, hello. He says, I'm assuming you don't have too many zoologists listening. Well, it's it's an, it's no evidence, but I'm assuming that you might I'm be the only one. loads of our ge- geologists. Get in touch geologists? With your, zoologists. We've got them as well. All the ists listen to this. All of them. All the Um, He says, I thought I could provide some anteater facts. Fucking too, right? We've got any baby baboon (sighs) facts for next week, David. Please send them in. He said, I don't know any of of any anteater war animals, unfortunately. But, well, listen to this. It sounds like, as David says, this is clearly a missed opportunity. Giant anteaters can weigh up to 50 kilograms and, and can fight off and possibly kill jag... Jaguars. Jaguars? Oh, hello. I love that. And possibly kill. Yeah. I don't want to go all no, the way and no, say it will actually no happen. But they, they look like they could handle themselves. Jaguars have the, the... Somebody pointed out. I did know it. I want to say that because I'm quite into the old big cats. So they did point, Jaguars have the, have the strongest bite of all the big cats. Indeed. Because they actually jump on their prey's back and bite through the back of the skull. It's pretty fucked up. You have yeah. to, well, you have to admit, I mean, that's just like... Badass, isn't it? <laughs> it's pretty hard. It almost go. seems like you shouldn't really need to do that when you're a Jaguar, you know, but they just do it because yeah, they can. Yeah, and also there are other options. There are other bits that you could bite 
The soft bit around the front, for example. Yeah, yeah, there's plenty of soft bits on pretty much everything. And yet, Jaguar's going, no, I'm going to fucking smash your skull to bits, pal. <laughs> Won't see me coming until I'm biting through the back of your head. <laughs> anyway, and he says, anteaters have been known to kill people. They've got 10 centimetre long claws and their arms are strong enough to rip apart concrete. Fucking hell. Or termite mounds, which is what they usually tend to go for, says David. Basically, don't fuck with them, says David. Yeah, anteaters harder than a coffin nail. See, like. my my whole anteater perception mm. is from that fucking dopey one of Pink Panther. 100%, yeah. So I just assumed they were kind of idiots. And also, really. look at them. Look at them. <laughs> there's nothing, there's nothing they look about. like absolute fucking lazy boys. You know. They do look lazy, don't they? And they've got their silly little faces and their silly little fucking snouty things and their stupid long tongues and you think this guy's a fucking moron. No. <laughs> no. no. You wouldn't say it to his snout, would you? Eh? Fucking right, I wouldn't. I've seen how long those bloody claws are. So, zoologists listening, we've, when we've asked somebody who might be a landscaper to get in touch with you about your weeds... Absolutely. Honestly, it's such a broad church, this podcast. We are, we okay. really are. We contain multitudes, we really do. <laughs> So, that was that. Shall we uh, talk? Well, you know, we we put the call out for your so club, Josh. Oh, yes, we did. And we got a lot in and we had a break for a couple of weeks, but we mm. I thought I'll move on to the next one. We've had a Scotland your so... Well, sorry, we've had fucking dozens of so Scotland. So many Scotland This, this fucking teams. woke you up, you Scottish people, I tell you. You want somebody <laughs> to sound like they're not quite good enough for international rugby? Hold our beers, collectively. <laughs> Allow me to introduce you to everyone who played for Scotland between 2001 and 2015. So, you're so club. Now, we had quite a lot from Scottish readers. Yes. And to be honest, I've picked the one that kind of sums up everybody's submissions. But Pete Elder got in touch, Ian McGilp got in touch, so many people got in touch. And this one's from UNM. He says, me and fellow patron David Rogers had a bit of a laugh pulling together our you're so club with the greatest of respect, of course. Mm-hmm. Scotland 15 edition. This was made all the more difficult in that so many players were capped by virtue of player volume and pro team opportunities. Even players with 40-plus caps, again, with the greatest of respect, says you would, would be peak Club 15 <laughs> material in the Premiership. It's true. He says, caps, appearances, and mundane details are to the best of my knowledge based on Wikipedia and sporadic secondary source checking. Otherwise, have not been listed. E.g. Glasgow and Sevens may say Colin Shaw missed out as I was unable to confirm or deny his involvement in defecting to South Korea as per his wiki page. <laughs> you don't have to defect to South Korea. You can go there quite freely, Ewan. Yeah. That's just called emigrating. That's fine. He says, nor was I able to corroborate Alan McDonald's nickname of the stomach due to his amateur competitive eating, according to what some sources say. <laughs> he says, but please enjoy our humble offering and thank you for the pod. No, thank you for this, Ewan. The pod's a breeze compared to this kind of research. Prop forward, we have Ed Kalman. 101 caps for Glasgow, 24 for Border Reavers, 12 for Scotland A, and two full international caps when he was called to replace Moray Lowe. Fucking hell. In the 2012 Six Nations. Christ. Bonus, he was also called up to Gale Force. That's Gale as in G-A-E-L. Gale Force. Lovely. A composite team that played in the British and Irish Cup in 2009-10. God, I don't remember that at all. I don't remember that at all, but I kind of feel a bit like dirty just trying to think about remembering it, to be honest. 
Oh. Gale Force of the Scott British and Irish Cup. Mm, I'm a sick in my mouth there. Um, number two, hooker, Dave Cherry. Yeah. 53 London Scottish caps, 31 Edinburgh, formerly at Stadney Swaz. Niswa, even. Before a meteoric rise to five Scotland caps and three tries. Despite being arguably the informed hooker of the home nations going into the summer, I fear he will go the same way as Daryl Marfo and be forever be behind the pecking order for international honours. He actually did have a reasonable six nations, Dave Cherry. Yeah, and I'm did. all for people who don't look like they should be there. I'm all 100%. for it. Number three, John Welsh, the terroriser of Ellis Genge. 109 Glasgow caps, 56 and counting for Newcastle. 12 Scotland caps, that is more than I thought for John Welsh. Yeah, me too. With the final one being giving away that penalty in the 2015 World Cup quarterfinal versus Australia. Of course it was him, yeah. Fortunately remembered more for his weightlifting records at Glasgow where his chip and chase in the Premiership and nearly taking Ellis Gens to task, who task you reversed quite quickly. Oh, yes. <laughs> Second rows, we have number four, Fraser McKenzie. Only just yep. announced his retirement. 100 caps for Edinburgh. Club captain, also played for Sale, Newcastle and one, one appearance for Glasgow. Under-19s, under-20s captain, three caps for Scotland A and called up to Scotland squad for the 2012 Six Nations, but was uncapped. I mean, that's I'm almost perfect. That's almost that a is perfect almost perfect. Entry, Everything's yeah. there, isn't it? Everything's yeah. there. And I can barely remember him. Another perfect bit of criteria. Yeah, he's basically, I genuinely, I can barely remember his face. And that's how it should be. Number five, James Eddy. 126 caps for Glasgow. Three for Scotland under 21. Six for Scotland Day. Upon his retirement in 2014, Gregor Townsend remarked, James has been a great role model for what the Warriors are all about. Working every day to improve himself and also doing all he can to get the best out of his teammates. He has been one of our great ambassadors of the club and is rightly held in high regard by our supporters. Uncapped. He's yeah. basically like that's that's basically Gregor Townsend giving him Clubman of the Year for his entire career, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, it's. I mean, there's so much gold in this team. <laughs> it just players that I dearly wish to forget. I've just, I mean, some of them are coming back at me. Some of them, I'm having to, I'm level with you, I'm having to Google pretty rapidly. Number six, and I have mm -hmm. to say, this was the most consistent selection, I think, across every single team, is Chris Fusaro. Yes, 100%. Over 100 caps for Glasgow, sevens, under 20s, and Scotland A, four full caps, voted Glasgow fans, players, and clubs player of the season in 2011 <laughs> 12. It's a, you're, like, Players player of the season and like fans player of the season is always a real like. Yeah, it's, it's, the, a, it's the professional it's equivalent the, of clubman of the year, basically. Yeah, yeah. and it's basically, you know, it's the equivalent of, it's sort of even more low key equivalent of being in the Pro 14 Dream Team. It's like being in the Pro 14 <laughs> Dream Team if you're not Irish. Yes, it is. Yeah. Number seven, Roddy Grant. Another candidate oh, for captain. Fucking hell. Never capped for Scotland, but probably should have been, getting as far as being called up to the squad in 2010. 138 games for Edinburgh, nine for Scotland A. Did, however, game some international honours, playing for South Africa under-15s and under-16s in water polo. <laughs> what? 
No. I don't know if this is even true, but I'm loving it. This is just well, some Wikipedia. Surely there's some Wikipedia fucking defacing going on here. Nobody's nobody's keeping a close eye on these Wikipedia pages, are they? Let's be real. Number eight, Adam Ash. Yeah. 73 Easy. caps to Glasgow. Scotland under-17s, under-18s, under-20s and six full caps. Now plays for the Giltinis alongside Matt Gitto. <laughs> is he, does he now look like some sort of world-class fucking... Thing. See, does MLR make you more club or less club? That is a question. Depends who you are, doesn't it? It does. Because I think there's, there's a Galacticos and shite feel. Yeah, about the MLR, there isn't really there? Is. <laughs> it, and there's a, but then there's those sort of players that are in the middle. Oh, who's the Scottish lad who's like carving it up in the MLR and looks like fucking the Lionel oh, Messi uh, rugby? Oh, uh, DTA's Van der Merwe. No, 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 no. no, no. He's oh, fucking, about. Yeah, somebody, somebody much worse. <laughs> Oh fuck! I was gonna bother. I think he's a. Is he a free jack or is he a? I'm gonna have to have a look at this. Keep talking. You anyway, go, I'll keep going. There's somebody Scottish who's absolutely carving it up in the MLR. Dougie Fife. It's fucking Dougie Fife. <laughs> now I'm sorry. Yeah, that just proves beyond all reason that MLR. There's something <laughs> broken in the in the world of MLR. But he's basically, you know, he's managed to turn into the Lionel Messi of the fucking. <laughs> MLR, and yet, you know, he's not... Who's he playing for? Uh, He is playing for... No, it's not Dougie Fife. Who is it then? Who am I thinking of? I don't know. I can't help you. Yes, it is. He's he's playing for, I think, the New England... Is he playing for the Free Jacks or is he playing for Nola Gold? He is indeed playing for the New England Free Jacks. And he's scoring fucking tries for fun. And yet, the most fucking unbelievably mediocrely okay player. I wish he was playing for Nola Gold. Imagine ripping it up and then just spending your weekends listening to fucking, you know, ragtime music and having a drink. <laughs> great, great stuff. I mean, I, I truly, powerfully hope that Nola Gold never do anything in Major League Rugby because it will be betraying what that city is about <laughs> if they become a professional unit. <laughs> It's bad enough that the Saints are fucking reasonable these days. Yeah. Uh, right then, number nine. We're into the backs now in the Scotland oh, Yorsel Club. Something I just learned, sorry. Uh, Clermont Laverne have got a minority stake in the Nola Gold. So, what are they up uh, to there then? There's, there's some sort of pipeline going on there, surely. There's going to be an absolute shitload of islanders that rock up at Nola Gold at some point on their way <laughs> exactly. to Clermont. Exactly. Oh, no, no, we're not. We're, no, no, we're not nicking islanders anymore. They just like Ooh, going to America and then we find yeah, them yeah. there. Yeah. They just enjoy the Creole culture. <laughs> <laughs> right, then, number nine, Grayson Hart. Yes. He's played for everyone. Bedford, London Scottish, Ealing Trailfinders, Worcester, Glasgow, Edinburgh, Auckland, North Harbour, Blues, Waratahs, New Zealand in the 20s, Scotland A, Barbarians, and three caps for Scotland in 2014 versus Canada, Argentina, and South Africa. Perfect. Number 10, Colin Gregor. Yes. Nine caps for Scotland A, 122 Glasgow caps. Which would have been more, but he was busy scoring a thousand points for Scotland sevens. Sevens is always a strong indicator, isn't it? It absolutely is. I mean, Dougie Fife, eighty-two appearances for Scotland Wonderful. sevens, hundred and thirty-five points. Perhaps too good for this fifteen, says Ewan. But he was called up to the Scotland training squad in two thousand and eight. Remarkably, yes. he was not given a run out, considering our other fly-off option behind Parks was at that time 
Phil Godman. Oh my God, Phil Godman. The dark many, Phil Godman how many, days. How many caps has Phil Godman got? Because more than you probably oh my think. God, twenty-three caps, Woof. man. That's an absolute disgrace. <laughs> Christ. Do you know? Do you know the most depressing thing about Phil Godman's Wikipedia entry is right? Is it a stub? I mean, it's not. It's actually not a stub. But the first two sentences of you know, like they have the little bit at the top that sums up all the yeah. sort of important stuff in your career. And then you get the contents bit yes. on Wikipedia. Phil Godman, born 20th of May 1982. He's an ex-rugby union player who played for Edinburgh Rugby and Newcastle Falcons, as well as representing the Scottish rugby union side. In Six Nations 2010, he was yellow-carded for a foul on Lee Byrne. <laughs> <laughs> Not even red-carded. Not even a memorable... In six in the 2010 Six Nations, he was yellow-carded for a foul on Lieburn. Full stop. Into the contents. The highlight of his career was a, a low-level technical infringement on Lieburn <laughs> 11 years ago. I love it. Oh, glorious. So where were we then? Yeah, no, sorry, wings then. Or do hmm. we do, shall we do centres first? Let's go wings. That's a freelancer. Wing. Douglas Flockhart. 138 appearances for Doncaster, 63 for Isha, Border Reavers, Scotland Day and the Barbarians. However, he did gain two full Scotland caps in rugby league in the early 2000s while playing for the Clyde Buccaneers. Oh, essentially such teams as the Portobello Playboys, (laughs) the Murray Eels, yes, and the Strathmore Silverbacks. (laughs) I mean, why do they do this in rugby league? Why do they insist on this naming nonsense? (laughs) I've just realised that Phil Godman was one of those players to get sent off in that mad Wales-Scotland, the 31-24, where Shane Williams scored the try. Yeah, so he was one of the players what got them down In 2010? Yes, in 2010. So he must so have had that, more than a yellow card then. No, it was a yellow card, but it was oh, just... Oh, I see, sorry. Because they, they were down to like... Thir- time, they yeah. were just like 13 men or whatever, and he was one of the men what got <laughs> sent off in that ridiculous period in the last five minutes where everyone in a blue shirt got themselves yellow carded for cynical fouls. The other wing is Jim Thompson. Yes. Grandson of Bill McLaren, competed with Chris Patterson for the 15 jersey at Edinburgh, 61 caps for them, before moving to London Scottish. Loads of sevens caps. Churchill Cup for Scotland Day. He was called up to the Scotland squad in 2010 for a summer tour of Argentina and while named on the bench for the first test was an unused sub and dropped for the second test. That's devastatingly peak Club 15 material, says Ewan. I genuinely fucking gun to my head police lineup. could not. No no memory whatsoever. If my children's lives were on remembering this guy, I would not be able to summon it from in my wherever it is in my brain. In the limbic system, it's so deep in there. <laughs> I tell you what, I've been reading up about uh, the Gale Force. <laughs> right. <laughs> Just because I could I, I thought he looked distracted, ladies and gentlemen. He wasn't yeah. really listed. I know why now, but go on. But I, but so, I, I accept it. it. The, the only evidence of their existence is uh, an archived page from 2009 uh, on the Scottish Rugby official website that uh, is headlined, Gale Force Set to Cause a Storm. 
I tell you what, Gosh, you're an editor, Josh. I mean, you must respect that work. I mean, I, res- I respect it, but <laughs> Jesus fuck. Uh, yeah, I mean, this, it's all very depressing. Stephen cooking up Stephen a storm Gemmel's in the British and Irish Cup. Did it ever happen? Like, did you know? There'll be like, how how many times did? The Gale Force actually play. They played Cornish Pirates. Oh my God! On the twenty eighth of November, two thousand and ten, Exeter Chiefs took on the Gale Force at wow. Sandy Park. In the, Newport took on Gale Force. Leinster took on Gale Force. Oh my God! Is there any Gale Forces in here that's actually good? There's the first squad. Alex Dunbar, heard of him? Ooh. Rob Harley, Grant Gilchrist, yeah. Stuart Fucking Hog. <laughs> Stuart Hogg played for the Gale Force. Oh my God, this is like a... I mean, for some reason, Nicky Little's in here. What the fuck, man? This is incredible. Nicky Little? Uh, yeah. Uh, Stuart McAnally's in here. Bloody hell. Uh, Fraser Brown, David Denton, Chris Fasaro. Uh That's about it. They must have all been, what, 14? Most of them Easily. at that point. They were basically they were players that were in the academies. So Stuart Hogg was still playing for Heriots at this point. But fuck me. Does anybody out there have any, any memories of actually seeing the Gale Force cooking <laughs> up? What was it? Bringing a storm, whatever it was yeah. they were supposed to be doing. I can assume that they didn't. But they were so half-assed that they uh, they didn't even like... They had like a, a sort of, they let air go in there because they won the Scottish Cup last the year before or whatever. And then they were like, oh, we need another team. Oh, we'll just make up this thing. We'll give them a stupid name and we'll let them play. Why not? I can't find any, I can find the thing. Is, is, do you want to hear what Rob Baxter said? About uh, Gale before, before the game, yeah. What did he say? Uh, he said, we were, we were met with fierce competition from Newport in their previous game, but we regrouped fantastically in the second half and won it. It's time for those players who created that momentum to take it into the Gale Force game. We'll back them again and they will be a better team this weekend. And I'll, I'll level with you. There is not a single player that I recognise. No, Phil Dolman's in Phil there. Phil Dolman sorry. must be of course in there. Of course he's in there. And uh, Ben Moon is in there. But other than that, there is not a single recognisable Exeter Chiefs player before there or since in that yeah i'm i it's now my life's work to try and find out what what the fucking josh is leaving this were. podcast means to write a treatment for yeah. the book and, <laughs> and hawking it around every sports publisher you can find okay oh i've got it so uh the gale forces results were uh they lost 29-8 Away to Cornish Pirates. It's a long way to go, that, isn't it? To lose. 15 nil against Exeter. That's also a long way to go to lose. Um, they lost 27 5 to Newport, uh, 25 nil to Plymouth Albion. Uh, and then, weirdly, they lost 33 uh, 22 to Leinster A, who, you know, by far should have been. The team so, there that I would have thought they were decent. Yeah. So, so uh, long, Gale Force, we hardly knew ye. Yeah, I don't think they appeared in 2010 11. Let me just check. I want some reportage 
from you lot listeners nope, out there who they were remembers gone. seeing Gale Force play. They were gone. The next season, Air Curry and Melrose entered were entered instead, whereas it was uh, Air Harriet's and Gale Force. I'm, I mean, I'm I'm amazed the brand like that did not persevere beyond that one season. I'll <laughs> Literally, be honest. Literally, they lasted five games. With a, a zip. It's a lot is, of words that... to create that name and everything for five games, isn't it? But like, imagine they they finish as in the, their existence as a rugby team with an zero and five record, a, a minus ninety four points difference, and yet a squad that, as we've just seen, contained some of the brightest names in Scottish rugby. Coming men in that, you know, people who are now lions were in that team. And Alex Dunbar. Speaking of Alex Dunbar, should we talk about the centres of the Your So Club? 50? Yes, fucking hell, sorry. Even by our tangents. Number 12 is Phil the Midlothian Hammer Burley. You yes. can forget his crushing Absolutely. right hand on Pascal Pape that time. That definitely was not a ridiculous dive by the Frenchman. No. Anyway, 73 caps for Edinburgh. He played for Bay of Plenty, Canterbury, Chiefs, Highlanders, Sunwolves and gained one Scotland cap off the bench in the big win over Australia in 2017. He now plays for uh, what sounds like a Star Wars peripheral bad guy character Here in for Japan. Cuden Voltex. Yeah, that's, just, that's not a real rugby team. No. Come on. No. That's somebody stood next to Greedo in Moss Eisley Space Station <laughs> in A New Hope. Yawana um, Wanga. <laughs> He's that guy. Uh, anyway, yeah, that's Chris Centers, Number yeah. 13, Chris Dean. 86 games and counting for Edinburgh. He's a live player. Under 20s, called up to Scotland training squad in 2019, but was uncapped. However, a good talent and still, still time to play himself out of the Yorso Club 15. Keep your eyes on that one, Christine. Not to be confused with the, the ice dancer. Um, <laughs> number 15, Peter Murky. 116 appearances for Glasgow. Also played for London Welsh and Bath, Scotland Day, and three full Scotland caps in losses to New Zealand, South Africa, and Tonga in the Andy Robinson era. Was named Glasgow <laughs> club captain on a temporary basis while the Scotland internationals were away at the 2015 World Cup. Again, Josh, I am telling you, you could put a cannon up my arse and threaten to fire it, and I would not remember who that guy was. Same, 100%. I feel we should hand this over to the Scot- our friends of the Scottish Rugby I think blog podcast, because they'd have a field day with this stuff better than we would. I bet they remember Gale Force as well. Of course they will. Of course, especially if it was a Borders thing. Oh, yeah. So, there you go, the Your So Club. We've had loads of them in. We've had one, you know, and they said the other week that um, the sort of the main hub, the gyratory system of your soul club appears to be Northampton Saints. Mm-hmm. Somebody sent in a Northampton Saints your soul club 15. Oh, we so we'll, we'll visit that one week. Um, yeah, so a quick update on the Bristol game, by the way. Bristol oh, yeah. Gloucester. Uh, Bristol have now had, and I'm not exaggerating here, 66 minutes have gone, they've had eight tries chalked off. Four by the oh, yeah, TMO. They, they had four. Eight, they crossed the line four times in the first half. Eight for no try. tries chalked off. <laughs> it's eighteen. It's eighteen points to seven. Um, and yeah, imagine being the referee that chalks off eight tries and not and doesn't just want to fucking just quit your job immediately. 
because you're not making the world a better place. Because you're just a miserable, miserable (laughs) bastard. You clearly hate absolutely everything about life. Oh, they scored another try. Here we go. Bristol. So finally, they've got a third try, I think. Uh, Back at Lee Sports Village, for a report. uh, Hit me. 16 all at half time. My prediction was we would lose 42 18. Yep. It's currently Lee 16, Wigan 30. So we're definitely I mean, not going to win. It's just know, a question of how humiliated yeah. it's going to be now. <laughs> Maybe, yeah, there might be some plucky fighting. There might be yeah. some some knots. We look just exhausted by the time he yeah. gets the 60th minute of every game. It's terrifying. <laughs> to be honest with you, I know how they feel. <laughs> yes, well, yeah. yeah. Speaking of which, it's 61 minutes now. Fuck me. So we're going to pep ourselves up for the last run here by saying goodbye to our non-patrons. Bye. Oh no, is it everywhere? No, sure, stay and sort that out. We can have dinner another time. Amazing. Whether it's cancelled plans... Ah, fuck! Get in the kitchen and calm down. ...or the need for a quick, convenient distraction. Introducing Goodfellas Mini Pizzas. Four mini pizzas made with respect that cook in 11 minutes. Goodfellas Minis. Embrace the unexpected. The world of work has changed dramatically and organisations are evolving. A full or part-time MBA from UCD Smurfett School equips managers to react at pace and deliver change. Now is the time to transform your career and gain a new business network. Join our virtual MBA Experience Day on Saturday, November 20th. Register at smurfettschoolie forward slash events. UCD Michael Smurfett Graduate Business School. Developing impactful business leaders. So we will move on to shit good. And this is when we welcome back our non-patrons. Hello. You missed an awful lot of chat about how silly rugby union is. Yes, and that's if you don't tune in for that, then what you know what year for? Quite frankly, exactly. Have you got any shit then, Josh? Um, yeah, I'll tell you what's shit, and I'm gonna maybe sound like a slightly sort of sore winner here, but the (laughs) condescension. Of the Dragons by Premier Sports Pundits on Sunday after they lost to the Ospreys. Like, Dragons are a decent team now, right? And they should be extremely pissed off at being basically hammered by 40 points at home by the Ospreys. Certainly with this team that they put out. But the way that they were being fucking eulogised about and the sort of condescending, like, pat on the head, oh, but don't they play some stunning rugby stuff? It's like... If I was a Dragons fan, I'd have been so pissed off with that. I'd be like, fuck off. Actually analyse this game. Actually analyse properly why the Dragons playing some lovely rugby mind isn't good enough when your fucking entire pack gets shoved up its arse at every scrum. And why is that a problem? You know, it's like... Oh, it's just so lazy. It's like, so lazy. oh yeah, they scored some nice tries. Didn't Joan Holmes play well? Yeah, they did. Played really well, but they still <laughs> they got fucking forty points put on them at home. That's a problem. I think there, is, there is a tinge of, with the with the dragons analysis, a little bit of um, playing against your younger cousin, and he's done well because he can kick the ball properly, or or a bit of you know it you know well you know it's better that they trap the hand in the door rather than having it hacked off with a knife. Do you know what I mean? There's yeah, a bit yeah. Of kind of, didn't they do like, well? Oh, they, you know, to, yeah, oh, they managed to do their flies up without getting their balls caught in the zip. Well done. <laughs> it's like, no, that's not what it should be for, you know, And, a and the thing is, you can team. give credit for the strides they've made yeah, this year, which, of exactly. course, they have without without that. 
Yeah, and I think that's the thing, the sort of the desire to give too credit to how far they've come, which is far, is it's not helpful to a team or or respectful to their fans to sort of constantly want to depict them as plucky losers. People with kids they're not. People with kids are know this, right? In primary schools, they always have some kind of weekly golden kid award for like yeah. the best behaved kid that week. Or in Wales often called Seren Serenawithnos. Star of the week. Yeah. And you can guarantee it's always the kids that are a fucking nightmare that win Star of the Week every week. Because it is literally, oh, well done, you haven't fucking turned a table over this week. Have an award. Because it's positive reinforcement. I get it. (laughs) I get it, right? Yeah. But we all know this little dance that's happening here. I don't think the kid even believes it, really. But, you know, we all know it's part of the behavioural positive reinforcement dance. And I do think there's a little bit of the dragons of like, well, actually, yes, it's amazing that you haven't managed to chop your own fingers off with the scissors this week. Well done. Have an award. Sort of thing. Yeah. yeah. And it does them a disservice, really. Absolutely, it does. Yeah. And, I, you know, treat the dragons with the respect that they deserve as a proper team now. And what about the well-behaved kids? What about, Os- what about the Ospreys who behave well all week, just be just be working hard? Why don't they get an award, eh? I mean, I mean, the Ospreys are absolutely nothing behind their scrum on the weekend, but <laughs> <laughs> thankfully that scrum, that pack of forwards, had two lions in it and was very good. Yes, the end, and it managed to somehow overcome the Luke Price factor, I mean, which you know, remains a, a, team a with big Luke old Price ship tanker. Scoring forty-two points, man, against a team with internationals in incredible. Oh, stuff. It's not great, is it? Incredible stuff. What have I got this shit? Um, Henry Slade's uh, interior decorating plans. Fucking hell. There's stakes on that. I mean, it was ah. hard to see past his, you know, tits out advert for his diabetes monitor, which is fair enough. You know, fair to <laughs> yeah, a lot of absolutely. respect for a professional career while you got diabetes, like Steve Redgrave. Absolutely. All that, you know? <laughs> Although we have been, I have been since informed that apparently that diabetes monitor are marketing themselves at non-diabetic athletes. Oh, um, to check the, when they, so they know when to meet a curly whirly at training or something. Exactly that. Yeah, which is I think kind of irresponsible. But hey ho. I actually his... saw a woman working in McDonald's with one of them on their arm and I thought I thought it was a new like you know like nicotine patch or something. <laughs> yeah, a really full on nicotine patch. Yeah. Yeah. But oh yeah, so but yeah, of course his wallpaper was a fucking war bonneted. Yeah. Mural. He's got he's got a race, you know, he's playing catch with his Delightful baby daughter in front yep. of a giant racist caricature. <sighs> and why that? I mean, I mean, you know, I'm sorry. Native people and their culture is is a beautiful thing. It is. It doesn't look so good painted on a wall in a flat in Exeter. Yeah. Not just <laughs> because very, you shouldn't on fucking a very do obviously, it. A very it obviously looks, new you know, built home it's, in Exeter. It's, it's kind of ugly. Look. <laughs> yeah. It's also, kind of, if that was changing rooms, they'd be walking in and going, what oh, the fuck look, have you done to my living room, by the way? I imagine, imagine when, you know, he comes to sell that house. You know, maybe it's their forever home. Maybe they're going to live there forever. But, you know, you know you're know, you the estate agent. You walk in around and you just go, what the fuck is get that? Get some that, fucking magnolia yeah. out and get that sorted. <laughs> that needs to be white by the end of the week. My mate. I don't care how many coats it takes. True story. My mate, my mate's mate, uh, who lives in Manchester, big city fan, got block paving done and had mm-hmm. MCFC put into his block paving in Manchester. It's like, how Fair are you going to fucking sell this now? Because most <laughs> I mean, people you, who are football you... fans don't really want it on their drive anyway. Yeah. And you've alienated half the city you're trying to sell to. 
Insert your own uh, joke about United fans not being in Manchester here. But all that is obviously patently bollocks. United is fucking full. Sorry, Manchester is full of United fans and Salford and surrounding areas. Yeah. Who were all those lads that fucking smashed them into the place the other day? They haven't oh, come from. Oh, wasn't that great, though? When they were trying to honestly, goad Gary Neville and Jamie Callagher to condemn it. I absolutely loved that. And I also loved that it revealed the rank fucking hypocrisy of those people who worked for Sky who yeah. got so angry about everything. I mean, wouldn't you say, Jamie? I mean, wouldn't you say? But breaking into a ground like this and doing these things is, is tantamount to, you know, Nazism. Wouldn't you say that, Jamie? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, you know, you just think about it, I've got a frustration. <laughs> yeah, great. And he wouldn't have it, though, would he? He was like, no, no. I understand why they're fucking frustrated because I'd be angry as well. Yeah, I respect the people who actually, who haven't, who didn't get sort of all, oh, damn, you know, this is a step too far. No, it's not a step too far. It's not nearly far enough, frankly. I know making a point that most people are not breaking shit. Stop focusing yeah. on the fact there's a very small number. There's loads of like fucking middle-aged women outside saying this is our club, this, and we're having it taken <laughs> away from us. And instead they're focused on the one knobhead in a rab gilet who's decided yeah. to fucking throw shit inside the ground. <laughs> one knobhead in a rab gilet. It basically sums up <laughs> the rugby union in England as well. So, yeah. 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 Uh, anyway, so... Yeah, then we say his wallpaper. Shit on the uh, on the Twitter, Josh. Mm. Gary Gorge gets in touch. He says, he said, shit, and this is again linked to last week. He said, for years, I've happily had pairs of identical black work socks and never thought about the individual wear and tear or loss of elasticity in them. Thanks to last week's pod. That's all I can think about now. So thank you very much for that, says Gary. What's really worried is that Gary is a pilot. Oh, and wow. you need to keep your part. You need to keep your cockpit hygiene, Gary. You can't be mithering yeah. about your socks when Jesus, you. Jesus, no. <laughs> Gary, buy some new socks, mate. Buy some socks with some coloured bottoms, man, and put this out of your mind. It's fine. <laughs> uh, any more shit from you? Before I go back to the, you know, no. the James Reese gets in touch. He says shit is Premier Sports. Oh, here we go. Yeah, Premier Sports punditry, specifically the Dragons Wank Circle, giving play of the match <laughs> to a Dragons player, despite the fact they got fucking hosed. <laughs> I mean, I don't think they got hosed, and you know we'll talk about you know and Iron Owen in a minute because he was very good. But fucking hell, yeah, it was like what you're going to just ignore that Justin Tipperick played like a fucking man possessed for eighty minutes for some reason. By the way, what the fuck is Justin Tipperick and Alan Wynne Jones doing playing eighty minutes two weeks the on the bench in the Rainbow Cup? Cup. Maybe they really want to win this thing. I'd love to see a webcam of Warren Gatland when he got told that news. <laughs> I'd like to see a webcam of Warren Gatland when the Ospreys get to the Rainbow Cup final. <laughs> and Alan well, at least he'll be in South Africa already, I guess. <laughs> I was going to say, but Alan Wynn, they, you know, basically the entire fucking Bulls pack gets 80 minutes to try and take <laughs> the Lions captain out of the tour before he even gets on the plane. <laughs> Oh Reese not gets in touch. He says, maybe it's just my sociopathic tendencies, but people feeling the need to explain how sad it is that Mike Brown's career at Quinns is over seems shit for me. It's like he it's almost like they think he had no choice when it came to stamping on Tommy Taylor's face. <laughs> yeah, I've got no sympathy for Mike Brown that he's not gonna get to you know, he literally stamped on someone's face. Yeah, it's not like end. he's you know, he's had a hammy go or something, no. is it? Do you know what I mean? Exactly. It's like you... he's not a cruel injury luck. No. Dennis Souter gets in touch. He says that shit is Eastman bowing out at 31, but at least it's on his own terms and with all his faculties intact. Yeah, good point, Dennis. Mm. Uh, our German listener 
Oh, hello. Josh, uh, who he, he pops up quite frequently. Uh, I'm gonna sorry, I'll do my best with this one. I think it's Veepka Marshalk. Right, gets in touch. He says shit is that I'm conscious that he might not be German. He might just live in Germany. But anyway, he says shit is a trench warfare apparently going on between German 15s and the Sevens programs. Yes, I love this niche reportage oh. from Tier Three European oh, rugby. I love this shit. He says no matter if the allegations about player treatment and creative reallocation um, of national funding are true or just a disgruntled ex-pro settling scores, no one comes out of this looking particularly well. But hey, hashtag rugby values and all that. I don't know what most of that is about, but I want to find out. Me too. Vika, send us, I'll have a look and send us a bit more information. I mean, they've see, probably got a budget you, of about 27 quid and they're rowing over how it's been allocated. I love it. Did you see that whole thing that kicked off with the Can- uh, Canada Sevens? The women's Canada Sevens yes. a couple of weeks ago. Jesus Christ, what is going on? Like... You know, You've had this quite half, a few. This comes up perennially team, with Canada. Yeah, half the bloody team basically like accused the union of ignoring the fact that you know their coach was a fucking psychopath, basically. And you know, and this was after he'd been sacked. <laughs> basically, just like it's not good enough. It's still bad. What are you doing? And it's like what's. The other thing that comes up in Canada Premier every four years they siphon money out of every other part of the thing and throw it all at the men's team, don't they? Yeah, for the and World everyone Cup. goes bananas like, yeah, but if they don't qualify for the World Cup, we can't pay for rugby in Canada for the next four years. So, yeah, and, and Kingsley Jones and Rob Elliott ain't working for fucking free, pal. No, I mean the governance looks a problem. Yeah, it does. Um, I tell you what, tell you what though, if somebody offered me the chance to coach Canada, that's quite a nice gig, isn't it? It's not bad, is it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. You can live in Toronto for a couple of years. After work about two months every out of every twelve, you know your players are broadly better than most of the ones they'll be playing against. And if you've got to go and play Wales or England or something, you just accept that you're going to get absolutely battered and use it as an excuse to go and see the family. Lovely. Yeah. Matthew Borthwick gets in touch. He says shit that playing well against Harlequins is now the bar for Lions selection. <laughs> This is Alice Gens chat, isn't it? What about uh, playing four, well, four Harlequins. Is that a bar as well? We've been uh, trying a lot of that recently. Uh, Turner had a good game on the weekend, but no, nobody suggesting he should replace Jamie George in the squad. <laughs> um, and good is Genge and Turner throwing everyone about a bit. Yes, indeed. Uh, final shit is Sean Flynn. He says shit is the ref Mike picking up the heavy breathing of a knackered ref for the full thirty <laughs> minutes of the Lion Stormers game. Like having an overexcited Paul Williams on the couch next to you. Oh, Sean, you said that, not us. Uh, any right? Should we move on to good? I tell you what was out of hand. Right, right. was I watched uh, the Sharks versus the Bulls in the other half of the Rainbow Cup. I watched the first half, and it was twelve nine at the interval, and it was just unwatchably two thousand nine. Mornay Stain and Kerwin Bosch. Basically, doing what they did. I, so I was like, do you know what? I'm going to watch something else. Twelve nine at half time, right? Full time, forty three nine. Mornay Stain, man of the match, as as they score. Mornay fucking one hundred and twenty seven years old, man of the match. 
he scored about they scored about seven tries in the fast in the second half, and he was man of the match. More he's thirty six years old. More he's going to end up starting for fucking Springboks, and he's going to do it again. He's going to bring everyone down to Mornay Stain level, and we're going to play some more two thousand nine rugby again. Something to look forward to, isn't it? Empty I grounds in Mornay Stain, Mornay Staining it all over the shop. Beautiful. <laughs> Uh, what else have we got here? Good, good, wrong, good now. Adam Reese says, good was Josh Bag of Organs Turnbull for two weeks in a row. He was good. I'm surprised as you are, but clearly he had a point to prove after listening to the pod. Yeah, well, maybe I'll tell you it. what, Mark. I'll tell you what, though. The absolute circle jerk of Josh Turnbull trutherism <laughs> that is currently setting Welsh rugby Twitter alike. Because Josh Turnbull is not a prick. Every single yeah. person in Welsh rugby like wants to basically say how he should have had more Welsh caps than he did. And I'll tell you what, he has exactly the amount of Welsh caps that he deserves. Four? Uh, I mean, I don't even think he's got... He's got ten caps. I would say God, that's... That many. I would say that's five that's, caps that's, more that's, than he deserves. That's above par or below, yeah. whatever. He is the most, you know... When will people learn that turning in a really good perform, you know, a seven out of ten performance for a club every week at this level is not does not mean that you were owed caps internationally? It's like the Joe Beerman fucking equation. There's Just because he was a solid who- six to, six to seven out of ten player every week for a decade for the Dragons and the Ospreys. He never got a cap because he never deserved one because he wasn't And some people get caps and it's not a completely undeserved cap, but stop pretending it shouldn't have been more than that. Yeah. Aaron Schindler. (sighs) Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Perfectly solid. Probably deserved the handful of caps he's had. Lou Reed. (sighs) You're taking it too far now. (laughs) Um, (laughs) How many caps has Lou Reed got? Five. Yeah, that's about fair, I'd say. You know. He's all right. Ollie Cohn got a cap at that point. You know, there were bad times for Welsh second rows. <laughs> Ollie Cohn, man. Remember that? Walked down Dirty Boulevard to get his international caps. Took a walk on the <laughs> wild side. Hey, do this all day. Lou, um, Reed is, Lou Reed is my age, I think. So his parents, or he's yeah, a year or two younger than me. So his parents absolutely knew what they were doing by calling him Lou Reed. <laughs> Yeah, because Lou's really not a very common name for a, a lad. Is, really is it not. Lewis? Is he Louie? No, he's Lou. Co- just he's like- literally called Lou Reed. It's, it's, a, it's a borderline cunt trick on part of his parents, <laughs> you've got to say. We've ruled it, I'm afraid. It's been ruled Mr. <laughs> and Mrs. Reed. You are. You, he was born in 1987, and you called him Lou Reed. Well, that's only two uh, years after the New York album, so come in on. Tri- in Triorchy. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they've never heard of him. That is possible. It, it is, is possible, possible in Triorchy that they've never heard yeah. of him. Uh, uh, right then, Sam Andrew Mars gets in touch. He says, good was Glasgow, especially George Turner played like a man possessed. He did. He looked very good. Yeah, he did. Grant Taylor gets in touch. He said, good grounds are reopening and I'll be cheering on the Falcons from the North Terrace on Monday night. You've been cheering them on to a win, Grant. Congratulations yeah, you to you and everybody up there. And I can't wait for you to win the Premiership every year in the new regional format we've just devised. <laughs> so, Ross Mather Into gets in it. touch. He says, 100 games for Wasps. Jimmy Gopeth is good. He's been a real influence over the last few years at the club. Yes. Indeed. Rugby 24-7. Uh, sorry, go on. 
I was going to say, good for me. Uh, two weeks on the bounce now, actually. Ashton Hewitt on comms, proving that being an intelligent and thoughtful person who isn't afraid to speak their mind in general life is good grounding for being a commentator because he was engaging, he's insightful, and unlike every other current and recent ex-pro, Shane Williams, um, he's not afraid to sort of actually say what's going on and call out stuff that's shite when it's shite. I like John Barkley for that. He's good. Me too, actually, yeah. Barkley's, Barkley's got a, a whiff of the... I don't give a fuck about him because I think he feels <laughs> like he was slightly yes. hard done by in Scottish rugby. So he has absolutely no problem sort of slating everything and everyone, which I'm here for. Rugby 24-7 gets in touch. He says, good as jo- Jonah Holmes scoring tries for fun. Ten tries in his last nine games. Impressive stuff. I'll tell you Jonah Holmes is right. You're all right. Jonah Holmes is your 2021 redux Dan Evans in that he has found his level of looking absolutely excellent, which is, you know, he's really been brilliant, you know, particularly since the Rainbow Cup started. But he's going to get caps for Wales in the summer and he's not going to do anything with them. And then he's going to go back to the Dragons, he's going to play really, really well again. And, and the chatter will never stop, but yeah. the truth will always be the same. <laughs> and the reality is that the Dragons have signed him for international player money, and what they've got is an, a very above-average club player. And absolutely here for him, you know. He's, he was an Oh, he's a great, and he's a great watch. He's a great yeah, watch. Yeah, he is. He's bags of fun to watch, really hard to tackle, big unit. But he's 28. He's not getting any better. He's there. He's like sort of Warren Gatlin's, like... Last fart in the lift. Of course he, he was, wasn't he? Yeah. 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 He's like, I'm going to bring this guy into the setup, just so you can try and work out what to do with him. I'm going to, I'm, I'm, just, I'm going to wind Wayne up by signing <laughs> this lad from onto a really big contract. <laughs> and there'll be no way he can get out of it. It'd be great. Um, uh, what have we got here then? Good. Rose gets in touch. He says, "Good as Richie Monger. Having him on your team is tantamount to cheating. He's playing very, very well, he's isn't he? Very well. In the sort of but he's playing a sort of very well that if he translates it to how he plays with the All Blacks, then the Death Star will be fully operational again. <laughs> um But he never he's he, I've never seen him play as well for the All Blacks as he does for the Crusaders. Oh, there's plenty of time for that. There's pl- there is plenty it. of time for that. But yeah. Imagine how fucking fumingly pumped up the All Blacks are going to be when they get let loose on some fucker again soon. <laughs> uh, Hugo Gordon gets in touch. He says, good was Ian Henderson's bullocking carry versus oh, I Leinster. Oh, that. That, that was that big. Good. That was big boy shit. That, that was, really are you was. watching, Warren? Yeah. That was, there's 79 minutes on the clock. Yeah. And I, I've got balls to run playing in my head. Oh yeah, and I am just going to run through all of y'all. The town for the losers, and I'm running through all of you to win. <laughs> yeah, I enjoyed that a lot. Jan Curtsy gets in touch. It's as good as Tom Curry versus Bath. So, but shit was sales discipline versus Bath in generally one yellow card away from the Premiership record. Yes. Uh, yeah, they. I mean, they barely a game goes past where they don't get down to thirteen at some point. But because of that. They're really good at defending with 13, so fair play. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's like a constant over-defending drill, isn't it? It basically? is, yeah. I tell you, he was very good in that game as well, though. Sam Underhill. Ooh. Ooh. Nobody was talking much about him. Were I, they? Like, 
but I was. Yes. <laughs> like, he's just quietly just... Like, there was one moment where... Um, it was the, the clip that they keep repeating because McGinty did that pass through the legs. Which, yes. No, but I'm not genuinely not that impressed by that anymore. As anyone, you know, it's just fair play. But um, there was that moment. He was basically at the ruck on their 22 when that move started. And he just tracked all the way across the field, sort of sprinting back all the way into his own 22 and didn't bite at any of the moments where his teammates bit. And then when it got to the last man on the outside, he was bang straight in the tackle and over the ball. And it was just like, is Juan Gatlin sure he doesn't want to take yeah, it to South Africa? Because fucking hell. But I hardly mentioned him because I kind of because he's been injured for so long. You kind of forgotten he's he was there in the mix, didn't you? And then he wasn't selected, and all the discussions I kind of forgot. So he's such a good. He doesn't fucking like you forgetting for long, does he? No, he's just an absolute nuisance. Uh, what else have we got here then? Sorry, I've lost me. I've lost me notes. Give me a sec. Right. So Don Murray says, "Good is the deeply silly, deeply silly Hurricane sixty-four Waratahs forty-eight game. <laughs> stupid game. Just Seventeen stupid tries. Game. The longest stretch without a try was ten minutes, during which two were disallowed. <laughs> this is what I'm talking about. <laughs> it's we can't, lads. We just can't do this anymore." He said, uh, "Shit, however, shit was the defenses in defense coaches for both games." He said, "Also, shit is the Crusaders signing unrepentant racist Pablo Matera." And he said, "I'm yeah. saying that as a as a Storms Crusaders fan." Says Don. Do you know how many tries the Waratahs scored all season in Super Rugby? Are you? <laughs> Less than they scored in this game, probably. <laughs> this one. Nearly. They scored 15 tries this season in eight games. So you do the fucking math. Then. Outstanding stuff. So it's um European Cup final this weekend, mm. is it not? Heineken Cup on Saturday. Yeah. Can't wait. Yes. And uh, so that'll I mean, be next week. My brave It's quite a tough one for me because I've got a lot of time for La Rochelle. I've got a lot of time for Toulouse. And you've got a lot of Toulouse merch. I've got so. a lot of Toulouse. I've got quite a bit of La Rochelle merch now as have well. Have you? Though. So yeah. It never ends, does it? Went on a bit of a spree. What Do you have a kind of like one-in-one-out merch rule? Have you just got drawers and drawers of this stuff? Oh, I've just got drawers and drawers of this stuff. I do throw... I do sort of send some of it to charity shops. Oh, is that why you were in the garage of the weekend? You've got to clear some <laughs> merch space. Oh, I get it. But, uh, yeah, you know, it's... it's I, I, just, I don't know who I want to win more. I want La Rochelle to win. I'm going to I say want that Rochelle, right I now. want La Rochelle to win because they're more fun. But then I, I hate seeing Ronan Agara happy. Oh, God, so, I've forgotten that bit. Yeah, see. Whereas with Toulouse, you know, think about his little face. <laughs> his little, little think face. About his, his, big, his big little face. His big, square, massive <laughs> head. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, anyway, all right. Well, we'll see how that goes. Anyway. We'll talk about it next week, yeah. and we'll speak yeah, to the rest to of you all soon at some point. Goodbye. Thank you, everyone. Bye. And there's my dog. You're That's right. amazing. All right, mate. Bloody hell, Kerrig. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, Goodbye. Bye. Oh, no. Is it everywhere? No, sure. Stay and sort that out. We can have dinner another time. Amazing. 
Whether it's cancelled plans... Ah, ah, ah. Get in the kitchen and calm down. ...or the need for a quick, convenient distraction. Introducing Goodfellas Mini Pizzas. Four mini pizzas made with respect that cook in 11 minutes. Goodfellas Minis. Embrace the unexpected. Sports Social Podcast Network. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say... Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.